Happy Wednesday, everyone, and welcome to the Prairie and Smith podcast. We are really excited about today's episode where we'll be previewing Thursday night's big conference matchup between Georgia State and Coastal Carolina in Atlanta. That game has now been upgraded to ESPN2, so a much larger television audience. With that said, we're looking forward to speaking with a student athlete who will play in this game on Thursday night. Caden, how about you tell the listeners who our special guest on today's episode is? No, this man's an absolute game wrecker, one of the baddest men in the Sun Belt. It's Josiah Stewart, the defensive end from Coastal Carolina. Named the preseason defensive player of the year last year, first team all Sun Belt last year, true freshman All-American by ESPN. Pro Football Focus named him the Sun Belt defensive lineman of the year. He shattered the single-game sack record last year with 12 and a half and led the conference in fifth nationally in sacks. Finished the season with 43 t- tackles, 15 and a half tackles for loss, and 12 and a half sacks last year. So he obviously wrecked things in the conference last year as a freshman, which is the craziest part. He did it all as a freshman. So super excited to have him on. And the stats and numbers speak for himself. And we can't wait to really get to know him better as a person in this interview. Yeah, this is a man that has a future playing on Sundays. As you said, Caden, one of the baddest men in the conference. And, you know, he's playing a new position this year. He has kind of carried his stellar play, though, from last year into this year, despite transitioning um, where he he currently has 11 tackles on the season, including a team leading four TFLs. He also has one and a half sacks this year. He's coming off perhaps his best game of the season where he recorded three tackles and two TFLs, along with a sack against Buffalo to help preserve the Shots 3-0 and record. Uh, he certainly is playing well, and I think he's going to be scary for Georgia State on Thursday night. Yeah, not only Georgia State, but every offense is definitely going to have him circled at the top of their scouting report as far as what he's going to bring to the table and bring to your offense as far as problems. So let's get right into it, man. I was really excited to learn a little bit more about his personal life, a little bit about his football journey. So without further ado, let's get to this interview with the one and only Josiah Stewart. Super excited to introduce our guest for this week, our student athlete. If you're a Sunbelt fan, you definitely know his name because he's either been in your backfield or he's on your team if you're a Coastal fan and he's racking up sacks for you every Saturday. It's Josiah Stewart. How you doing, man? Doing great, man. Doing great on this Monday. Yeah, so let's just get right into it. I mean, we look at your bio. You look at a lot of bios for football teams. You don't see a lot of guys from from Bronx, New York. You don't see a lot of guys from Massachusetts. So you're, you're from there and then you played ball in Massachusetts, I guess. You've only been playing for football for six years how was that journey getting into the sport especially just being up north regionally and just getting into the game I mean it was a slow process I'd say to start you know it was definitely climbing a ladder type process you know step by step year by year just I started playing football my freshman year of high school so just the development I went through each year was just drastic each year so that's how kind of how that went for me I mean, when you started, too, I mean, from what I've read in your background, too, it wasn't necessarily at defensive end was the position that you were playing in high school, correct? Yeah, uh, so I started playing tight end uh, my freshman year and sophomore year. Uh, I, I played uh, as a backup defensive end uh, as a sophomore, and I didn't truly get into that defensive end role to my junior year, senior year. So at some point, someone must have just said to you, you've outgrown the tight end position You've got to be a defensive end, and and that's where you're going to make your money someday. Is that is that how it went? That or they were just questioning my hands at that point. <laughs> <laughs> I I understand that. Now I think when you look back in your bio, what a lot of people don't remember is that you initially commit to Boston College. You're going to go play in the ACC, but then you decommit during kind of that COVID period, April of 2020. I kind of wanted to ask you why you chose to decommit first and foremost, and then you know what ultimately ended up leading you all the way down to Conway, South Carolina? 
Yeah, so uh, I was committed to Boston College for about like five, six months, I'd say, uh, not too long. Uh, but it was, I would say it was kind of an early commitment. Uh, I had committed to a different staff at the time. Uh, then a new staff came in with Jeff Hefley. And uh, also I just didn't uh, – I just wanted to travel more, you know, not be home, stuck home a lot. So just, you know, being down south, you know, there was some familiar faces down here. Just wanted to come experience something new. Josiah, I looked at your Instagram bio. I saw the Puerto Rican flag and the Granada flag there. Can you just tell us a little about your culture, your upbringing, your family, and I guess what it means to represent that not only off the field, but on the field? Yeah, so I'm, I'm very prideful about that. You know, my mom's a big uh, role model in my life. You know, she's my wife. She's my everything. Uh, so she's Puerto Rican. She was born in Puerto Rico. She moved uh, to New York when she was 19. Young girl. Uh, my dad uh, was from Grenada. Uh, he's been there since he was about 20. Uh, moved around uh, the States. Uh, and he met my mom in New York. And that's kind of how that went down. I get that. I mean, family's, uh, you know, family's important to me. I know it is to Caden and uh, obviously it is to you. And I'm sure that that makes it even a little bit more challenging being so far away from family at times. Um, you know, one of the biggest things I think that people are talking about with you this year is you have an outstanding season last year as a freshman and then this season in spring ball, you make the transition away from that defensive end position that you've played over the you know last couple of years of high school in your first year, kind of to more of this bandit role. Uh, I wanted to ask, you know, what led to that change in the spring? Was there a conversation that you had with the coaching staff? And then what has that transition been like for you um, transitioning into a new role, you know, on the fly? Yeah, uh, me and the staff talked about it. Uh, it was just a better thing for the for the defense in general. Uh, for me to be be at the bandit position, you know, just more versatile, be able to play in space. Uh, and it's something that for me that in the league that I would be a more, you know, position that I would play. And uh, the transition is, has been great. You know, it's just been a steady climb. You know, each week I'm getting better and better. What's been the biggest challenge to making that transition, um, you know, now that you've done it? Just reading coverages, you know, getting out in, into space, open field tackles. Um, I'm not used to, never been doing since I started playing football. So that's probably the biggest the biggest challenge. I've seen you watch the film. Obviously, you get to the quarterback a, a lot of different ways. You have a lot of different moves. I've seen you use that swim move. I've seen you use the bull rush. Got upfield a little bit on a spin move as well. It seems like every time you get your, your outside arm really under that tackle, you get the edge every time and get there. What goes into that process, I guess, of choosing which different pa pass rush you're going to move from time to time when you get in those third and long situations? I guess, what's your favorite too? Uh, so the way I go about my pass rush is very unique compared to others. So a lot of people have a plan, you know, they go into a game with a certain amount of moves. Uh, maybe something I should uh, stop doing and start planning out. But uh, right now I just get off the ball and whatever that tackle uh, set gives me, you know, is what I give him. So I mean, if he's setting the hard vertically, uh, I'm a bull rush. I mean, if he's short setting me, I'm going to do a finesse move. But my go-to move is probably a speed rip or a jab and arm over. I think, you know, one of the, the fun things that Caden and I were talking about is you get the chance to go up against a quarterback that is going to play on Sundays someday in Grayson McCall. Um, how has that challenged you as a defensive player, maybe your defense as a whole, having to practice against that every week? Um, and how much fun is it going up against a player like him every week in practice? Well, it's great. You know, Grayson's a, Grayson's a smart player. You know, he's athletic. He has an arm. He's precise. You know, he's good on his timing. So, but just the competition wise, you know, he's always competing with us on, I guess, the defense, especially. So just having that grit and grind that he brings to the team is very beneficial for us.
And I know last year was your freshman year. And I know when I was playing that freshman class, we were really close and you're always close to those, those freshmen you come in with, but you also come in with that playing experience and you're playing with some of those older guys. Who are some of your closest friends on the team that you hang out with a lot? And I guess, what do y'all do like to do off the field when you get a day off or a couple of days off after a game? Yeah, so I hang out with uh, Joe Cash a lot. He's uh, another bandit. You know, he's been playing uh, recently. He's been getting some playing time. Really proud to see that. Uh, Josiah Robinson, uh, same name as me, uh, same room. Uh, Bailey Caraway, linebacker, Jared Brown, receiver. You know, uh, we all really a lot, a lot of big homebodies. Stay at home a lot, play video games, you know, listen to music, go out from time to time. But we really just stay with our, with our group, have fun. What's the go-to game for you guys if you're on the sticks? Call of Duty, Warzone. That's the game right there. All day, every day. Who's uh who's the best player on the team at some of those video games? Like, I mean, who who's the toughest to play against? I say I'm pretty good. Uh I'm very, you know, above average for sure. Uh, but Aaron Beckett, our captain, apparently he's he apparently he's pretty good. I don't I don't really believe it, but you know, they say he's good. Alan Henry says he's good, you know, but stats don't lie. <laughs> I love that. Um, you know, a moment ago, you kind of, you know, you mentioned your taste in music a little bit. What is, you know, what is the go-to? What is what you're listening to pregame? Uh, kind of take the fans inside your head pregame a little bit. Uh, I'm a big Future fan. So whatever Future by doesn't matter. Uh, his slow, his slow jam, you know, his rap, his, his Drake features, a lot of that, a lot of hip hop. Uh, people don't know. I'm from up north. Uh, we listen to uh, Detroit uh, Flint music. Uh, up there so real the young OG probably haven't heard of him now you have you know he's a probably not something you're used to hearing but <laughs> game day uh, for sure well that's the goal as long as it gets you fired up and obviously something's been working over the last couple of years because I don't think quarterbacks like to go up against you so <laughs> maybe they need to find a way to change the playlist for you pregame but you know <laughs> I think one of the biggest things since your career has started is there's obviously there's been a lot of change in the landscape of college football. You look at the addition of the transfer portal, and I know that that's enticing for players to leave. Um, I look at name, image, and likeness. Um, and really, I wanted to ask you specifically when it comes to name, image, and likeness, how have you been able to utilize that as a player? Have you been able to utilize that to you know maybe make some money off of your playing career here in college football? Yeah, so I, I just recently started getting into the NIL thing. You know, I just, at first, you know, I just wanted to play football, really establish myself first. And I feel like I'm still in the process of doing that. But, uh, yeah, I've gotten some merch out recently, you know, just started doing that. So we're going to grow that process up right now and uh, got some other uh, deals on the way. So once those get set into place, you know, my name will start to jump out there. Good stuff. And I feel like, Let's talk about this game you got coming up Thursday against Georgia State. I'm sure that future will be hitting a little bit different heading into Atlanta. But mm -hmm. you're playing Dar Darren Granger. It's a mobile quarterback. They obviously have that run game over there. What's been standing out to you on film as far as that offense goes? And what do your defense think? What do you think your defense needs to pay attention to in this matchup? Uh, the way they spread out their offense, uh, the way their quarterback likes to run the ball, he likes to be elusive with it. So just being able to keep him in the pocket and, you know, don't let him loose. You know, don't let their, their running backs get loose. They have some fast running backs. Uh, holding their own line, you know, getting pressure to the quarterback, making him feel uncomfortable. Yeah, I think it's going to, you know, obviously be a challenging game. You look at this game, um, you played in last year against them at home. You guys obviously lose that game for two by two points at home. I'm sure that's kind of still a tough reminder. How much has that been brought up this week? And and how 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 much is the desire, how big is the desire kind of to come out and show, you know, really what Coastal Carolina football is heading into Atlanta in front of a national television stage? 
Yeah, trust me. Uh, we have not forgotten what went down last year. We remember how they celebrated. We remember the preparation. We remember the tweets. We remember everything. So we're just coming in with a focused mindset, though. We're not really worried about any outside voices. You know, we know what we, we got to do coming into this game. We're away, so we know there's going to be fans heckling. But we're just worried about our jobs and what we're capable of. Let me ask you this, too, before we let you go. But when you look at, you know, your defense right now, um, which unit kind of inside of that defense, so defensive line, the linebacking core, that secondary, who do you think is playing the best right now on your team? And where are areas that you guys can still get better as a squad? Um, I feel like uh, our front seven in general are playing really well, especially when we play together as a whole. Um, but where we can get better at is this communication. I feel like just the we have a young group. You know, we're returning like two starters from our defense. So just playing together and getting used to playing that uh, type of defense and communicating is what's going to be make us the top defense in this summer. Well, Josiah, I mean, the proof has certainly been in the pudding uh, early on in your career. Uh, it's been exciting to watch. And I know that uh, Kate and I are both looking forward to getting a front row seat. Uh, we're coming down Thursday night. And so we're uh, looking forward to watching you guys play against Georgia State and hope you guys have a good game. And we really appreciate you taking some time out of your schedule to jump on the pod here and kind of give the uh, the fans a little bit of a glimpse behind the curtain of who Josiah Stewart is. Yeah, I appreciate it. Happy to be here. Well, a big thank you to Josiah Stewart for taking some time out of his schedule. We talked to him uh, on Monday evening leading into today's episode, and he was just coming from practice. Practice went a little bit late. Caden, you know all about that, practice going late. Most times you athletes blame it on your coaches, but you never know. Sometimes it's spending time with friends in the locker room. But a big thank you to him. It was great to hear you know, just how much family meant to him. And that transition down to Coastal Carolina, he didn't go to the first school that was interested. He went to the best school that was interested. And that decision, I think, has really paid off in a big way for Josiah. No, I mean, the craziest thing still to me is that he's only playing football for six years. I mean, it it took me forever to get decent at football. And this guy clearly had a click for him very early. So super excited for him in this game. He's about to play against Georgia State for sure. Well, let's get right into that game. Josiah already did a little bit of our work in talking about the challenges that Darren Granger was going to present. This is a team in Georgia State that's coming off of a tough loss over the weekend to Charlotte. Uh, but they have the memory in the back of their mind of upsetting Coastal Carolina in Conway, South Carolina last year, uh, we heard Josiah say it at the end of the episode, that's been on Coastal Carolina's mind, and it certainly will be going into this game. And I think the stars could align on ESPN2 for this to be a really good game and perhaps a way maybe for us to forget some of the disappointment that we dealt with a little bit in week three in the Sun Belt. Yeah, definitely excited to get into this first really East matchup. We've been talking about this beast of the East for a while, but we haven't necessarily been talking about these two teams as much. And I feel like Coastal, even a team who was obviously garnering national attention that one year, everybody was watching them, all eyes on them. A lot of New Year's Six aspirations. But I think this year they're kind of going under the radar. radar. Josiah talked about some of the players they were missing on defense. They obviously still have Grayson McCall. So it's going to be really interesting. I feel like both of these teams are in two very different places. Obviously, Coastal has that memory in the back of their head of what happened to them last year. And Georgia State, like we talked about in the previous pod, has their own stuff to figure out too. So it's going to be an interesting dynamic, and I'm really excited to watch this one on on um, Thursday. Yeah, I mean, this is a big game for both teams. Coastal Carolina, they come in 3-0 and on the season. Um, you know, there's been some questions early on. A close game against Gardner-Webb, 
four fumbles against Buffalo over the weekend. We'll talk about that a little bit more in a moment. But Georgia State comes in 0-3, Caden, and you have to think that we're getting close to the point where this could be a must-win game in a very challenging East division. You've got to take care of business in this East. No, I know every team, when they look at their schedule, especially from the East side, they're looking at every game on the East as a much, must-win game. We used to call all of the conference games rain games at App State, but that East side is like a, a super rain game because it's looking like it's going to really come down to the wire. So I know both teams are going to have no problem getting up for this game, and I know the stakes, especially if you're an 0-3 Georgia State team. But we talked about it. Coastal, you know, they they're obviously 3-0, and but when you watch the games and you watch the stat line after the game, it's not necessarily looking as dominant as it did before, but they're getting the most important thing done, which is winning and losing. And I think they're really going to play their best ball and they're going to be a tough out for anybody this year, especially if they still have that winning DNA and Coastal Carolina quarterback, Grayson McCall, obviously running the show. Well, we'll get to Coastal Carolina in a minute, but I felt it was only fair to start with the home team in this game and that's Georgia State. They're going to be hosting Carolina or Coastal Carolina rather down at Center Park um, Stadium on Thursday evening. And You know, when you look at Georgia State, it all has to start with Darren Granger. And Granger had an elite performance over the weekend despite the loss. He threw for a career-high 343 yards, four touchdowns. We talked about it in our recap episode on Monday. He was outstanding. I think, Caden, one thing I texted you earlier today, and we both got a good chuckle out of this, he's playing against his hometown team. He grew up in Conway, South Carolina. So that adds another kind of layer to this matchup that I think is fun. He was really good against Coastal last year. He went 18 for 24, complete 75% of his passes through for just under 200 yards, a couple of touchdowns. He did what he needed to do in that game, and it gave Georgia State a chance at the end of the year. Yeah, he obviously has something special going on when he was in his hometown of Conway. And he had special. He had something special going on in the last game. He played one of the best games of his career. So it's definitely good if you're a Georgia State fan to see him playing well because I know going into the season, at least, I remember I made some comments about him really being the one in those Power 5 games, especially being the difference between winning and losing because the run game is so consistent. The defense up until last week was really consistent for them. So it was great to see him elevate his play last week. And hopefully he can roll that into this game because I'm telling you what, he has a good relationship going with Thrash, the wide receiver. Looks like they have some good chemistry going right now but the secondary of coastal is not a not not something you want to see all the time they play tight coverage they're really good and polished over there so it's going to be a good matchup between his receivers and those dbs and it's going to be interesting to see how he can extend plays and make things work for that offense you mentioned the running game for georgia state and we know how good it's been but when you look at the stats so far this year it just hasn't been up to the maybe lofty levels that they have set over the last couple of seasons I think one bright spot against Charlotte was Georgia State's really been looking for Tucker Gregg to get going. He does just that 100 yards and a couple of touchdowns against Charlotte, his first two touchdowns of the year. I mean, Caden, we almost forget that through the first two games of this season, he had rushed for a combined 103 yards, had yet to score a touchdown. Um, And, you know, when these two teams met up last year, Jamias Williams and Tucker Gregg, those two, they ran all over that coastal defense, 150 yards four touchdowns, they need the running backs to play well in this game. 100%. Tucker Gregg is one of the hardest tackles in the Sun Belt. I mean, he's just a tough guy to bring down. And I think that's really what makes them compete very well when we see them playing in these Power 5 teams is their running backs. If you look at their whole room, they're very much built like those those SEC Power 5 running backs you see. So the good thing for them, you obviously talked about they haven't really had as many explosive plays getting in the end zone. But if you look at each running back on their roster, Tucker Gregg, 3.9 yards a carry. Granger, even the quarterback, 4.5 yards a carry. Jemias, 4.7 yards a carry. You're getting enough yards per carry to where on your first down, you're ahead of the chains. You're getting four, three yards of chunk yardage. You're maintaining the clock and doing what you have to do. So they're doing their job 100%. 
but it's going to be interesting to see if they can really take it to another level in this game and maybe get some explosive runs, get to that second and third level and get the chains moving for real against this coastal defense. Caden, I don't think you and me have as many questions when it comes to Georgia State in terms of offense, but defense, as we went into on Monday's episode, is a major question mark right now. And Caden, I think when you look at the stats, it gets really interesting. They're giving up almost 10 points per game more than last year. They return a really good linebacking core in Blake Carroll or Jordan Venzial. Uh, they forced, you know, four interceptions um, last time these two teams played, uh, or they forced four interceptions, I'm sorry, this season so far. The question I have for you is you've seen this Georgia State defense. What's wrong with them right now? It's hard to tell, really. I think. The last game, obviously, was not their best performance whatsoever, especially on that back end in the secondary. You have Ant Lane back there and some really good corners outside, but they just seemed out of it in that game. I couldn't really put my finger on it. It looked like a couple busts of coverage every now and then, and give it credit to the Charlotte receivers. They also made some really good plays, and Reynolds made some really good throws, but I think their best ball, if you look at Georgia State historically, is playing these conference games. I remember, even if you're not playing them, you look on the schedule and you look on the, the matchups, and next thing you know, you see, you see another game where they're holding a team to one touchdown, two touchdowns, keeping it low score. So I know Sean Elliott's got that group fired up right now. In his press conference, he made it very clear that he was disappointed in that group. So I know they're going to come into this game motivated and they have to do it fast because it's a quick turnaround. So I'm looking for them to obviously put up a little bit better of a performance than they did before Charlotte and figure some stuff out because unlike the coastal defense, they still have some experienced guys over there, some good veteran leadership that should hopefully rally them and get them back to playing their best ball, hopefully soon coming up on this Thursday. Well, before we get into Coastal Carolina, Caden, I wanted to ask you a question from your playing days. I know that you've played in these short weeks where you play on Saturday and then you play again on Thursday. That's kind of something, you know, that you guys do a lot of it at because of the national television exposure. What is that like? You know, we've talked to a defender already on this podcast episode. What is that like? What are the challenges of turning around so quickly? I would say the biggest thing is these quick turnaround games. It's definitely a lot harder on the away team than the home team. If you're home, you're obviously both teams are going to get a little bit more rested this week. The practices won't be as physical. You're going to it's going to be more of a mental day than a physical day, week, day in and day out going up to the game. But like we talked about before, it's really where experienced groups thrive. If you have a team of veterans or veteran defense, a veteran offense who knows the drill, knows what they're getting into every week and can take their job seriously mentally. And even though the physical aspect of it is away, that's going to be a huge advantage. So Georgia State does have the advantage as far as not having to travel this week, staying home. They have a veteran defense. So it's going to be interesting to see how that dynamic shows up for them. But it's definitely something that depends on where you're going, depends on if you're home team and away team, and it depends on the maturity of your team. I think it's an interesting point you bring up that, you know, Georgia State probably does have a slight advantage here. I know when you look at the current, you know, lines in this game, Coastal Carolina is a two and a half point favorite. And at first glance, you say, man, that should probably be more Coastal's 3-0, and Georgia State's 0-3. And, and I think they're probably factoring in a little bit of what you're talking about of it being more challenging for the road team. You know, when you look at Coastal Carolina, they have a very good win against Army to begin the year. I know you and I were both excited about that game. Um, but then you kind of have a little bit of a dud against Gardner-Webb, an FCS program. You survive. Uh, and then you beat Buffalo despite, you know, what, what we're going to talk about here. Four fumbles in that game. They fumbled on four of their first six possessions. When you look at this Coastal team, they're 3-0. and They're one of two teams in the Sun Belt that's 3-0. and But to me, are um, undefeated. James Madison only 2-0 and with the bye week last week. But it's an underwhelming 3-0, and Caden. Yeah, we talked about it before. We 
obviously have seen Coastal in these non-conference games, especially in recent history, wipe the floor with a lot of these teams. And it doesn't look like that's happening this year. But I think for me, the fact that they're winning these games is a really promising sign. I think winning is obviously the most important thing in college football. Coastal might not be as happy with their performance, but it seems like they're getting a little bit better week in and week out. The four turnovers is an easy fix. I think they can really just work on ball security this week. I know every team has a ball security circuit where they go around and hold the ball in different ways of punching it out and getting it punched out. So I think their issues as far as winning and losing football games isn't there. They clearly have that winning gene. They're playing their best ball in the fourth quarter. If you look at all these games, it's really just going to be about tightening up those turnovers and those little things that really made them a great team versus just a good team in the Sun Belt. I mean, you can't talk about Coastal Carolina without talking about McCall, Grayson McCall. He's going to be a future NFL quarterback. Uh, We heard his teammate Josiah Stewart give him a ringing endorsement earlier on in this episode just about the type of player he is. Caden, I think what's most impressive, and we continue to talk about this, McCall does not lose football games. He doesn't throw interceptions. He doesn't make mistakes. He doesn't try to force balls. He's thrown nine touchdowns so far this season against just one interception. We've come to expect that. Three touchdowns in three straight games. This man is as consistent as it gets. I can tell you firsthand that Grayson McCall is one of the most frustrating quarterbacks to play in this league. And it looks like it looks like he's pick, picking up right where he left off. He obviously lost some weapons last year, some of his top targets. But it seems like it hasn't knocked his efficiency at all. I mean, he has a 196 passer rating, which is absolutely absurd. And you watch him play in some of these games, and it looks like he can do it blindfolded. He's going through his progressions, the third first, second, third, fourth, sometimes read. And on top of that, he can use his legs and make some stuff happen even when there's nothing there. So you can always count on him to make the right decision. And even when nothing's there, he can still make something happen with his legs. So if you're Coastal Carolina, you have to feel very good as a team and very confident as a team when you have him leading them. And I think that's really what's led to them being 3-0. and He's obviously won them some games, had some good fourth quarter drives. But I also feel like as a defense, they know they can play free and they can do whatever they want and play their best brand of ball, knowing that the quarterback on their side most likely has their back. Well, in this offense so far early on in the season, despite you know maybe some of the struggles on defense because of some new pieces, this offense is putting up huge numbers. They, they ran just 53 plays the other day against Buffalo, and Buffalo runs 93 plays in that game. We're going to get into that in a minute. But in those 53 plays, Caden, they put up 504 yards of total offense. If you do some quick math in your head, which I know neither of you are good, neither of us are good at, They're averaging 9.5 yards per play during that game against Buffalo. That's big time offense. No, it's the system that Jamie Chabot is running over there, man. I feel like he's got his young guys really accustomed to it and knowing what to do well. Their running backs are running very well. It looks like like they're hitting the hole the same way all the running backs in their past have been hitting the hole and making those explosive runs. And then in the receiving core, you obviously lose Helig. You obviously lose Isaiah Likely. But they're picking up right where they left off. Pickney's playing well. And you see Mobley's been a big red zone target, grabbing three touchdown passes. So it might not look the same as far as personnel and who's in there doing it, but Coastal's being just as efficient as they ever have been in the past. So it's definitely encouraging if you're fan watching that coastal offense play and doing exactly what they've been doing in the past couple seasons hey it's the beauty of the system it's been talked about a lot uh it's very successful and when you have a quarterback like Grayson McCall you understand why you know the biggest thing that I could knock Coastal Carolina about right now was that game against Buffalo they really struggled to get off the field they did force three turnovers in that game but as I mentioned Buffalo ran 93 plays in that game that was 40 more plays Then Coastal Carolina ran in that game, despite the efficiency on offense. That, to me, is not a winning strategy when you really start to get into conference play against some of these really good teams. Yeah, it's not. I mean, they obviously have to clean that up going forward. But I think if you look at that game against Buffalo, 
kind of wonky. Buffalo obviously owned the time of possession, so it kept that defense on the field and it kept the offense off the field. So I feel like Coastal on this one's going to definitely look to establish that run game and maybe help that defense out as far as not having to play every single snap. At least it's not like the ULL game we were talking about where those guys were on the field the entire time. So it's a problem, but it's not a huge problem. And I think especially if you look at how Georgia State played in the last game, they feel like they might have an opportunity to really control the clock in this game and pick this team apart. Might not be the blowout win that we've been expecting to see from Coastal Pass, but I think Coastal feels like they can control all these games and have the personnel to really take the driver's seat and own the game and win it from start to finish. Kate, and I don't want to give away my over-under pick, but here's a quick stat to know in this game. Georgia State, they gave, they've been giving up 425 yards of offense per game so far this season. That's 13th in the Sun Belt, 106th nationally in the NCAA Uh, They surrendered 401 yards through the air on Saturday against Charlotte. I look at this game, Caden, and it screams a lot of points are going to be scored on Thursday night in Atlanta. We'll see. I think conference play is always the most interesting when it comes to points. I think these non-conference games, it's a little bit harder to game plan, but I think these teams are a little bit more familiar, so I expect both of these defensive coordinators to kind of be a little bit more locked in. They're playing a familiar face, a familiar foe. They can watch last year's film, see what worked and see what didn't work, so I'm not going to give away my pick either, but I think defenses show up in these conference games and I feel like both of these defenses are going to have to show up especially Georgia State's after their last performance and Coastal has some stuff to build off of so we'll see we'll get into those picks later well actually we're going to get into them right now let's not belabor the point Um, really that's the last part of this episode coming into this game I mentioned it earlier on Coastal Carolina a two and a half point favorite in this game over under currently sitting at about 63 and a half which is a high number but I think when you look at how many points both of these teams have been putting up this year. That's a very attainable high number. Um, You know, both teams, I think, are coming off so-so games last week, and I think they're going to be looking to make a statement here. Coastal Carolina, uh, you know, survived despite all those fumbles and the turnovers we talked about. Their defense made stops when they needed to. We mentioned it a moment ago, Grayson McCall, his usual self. He just doesn't lose football games. Meanwhile, you know, we talked about it on Monday's episode. Georgia State really did not have a good game against Charlotte, a team that they should have beat. They were a 19.5-point favorite in that game. They're going to look to rebound in this game. And, you know, really, I think for Georgia State, the formula for them revolves around forcing turnovers. And that's, you know, that task is easier said than done against Coastal Carolina. That game last week, kind of an outlier. Um, You know, last year, this was a two-point game. Georgia State won in Conway, 42-40. And, Caden, here's here's how I'm going with this. I think Coastal Carolina is coming to Atlanta, and they're going to repay the favor and upset or take down Georgia State on their home turf here this year. And don't look now. We might have a little bit of a budding rivalry starting to form between these two programs, and I think that's really good for the Sun Belt. I think we might need to come up with a series name at some point for this game, but I'm taking Coastal Carolina in this game not only to cover the 2.5, but to win, and I'm also going to take the over on the points. I think we're going to see a shootout in Atlanta. No, I definitely agree. I agree with a lot of what you said, not all of it. I think you, we heard what Josiah Stewart just said. He clearly kept his receipts. It's very clear that Coastal remembers that game. It's in the back of their mind all offseason, and now it's the, in the front of their mind. So that's just a really scary team. And that's a really scary guy to be saying that for sure if you're Georgia State. And then you talk about Grayson McCall. I mean, he's a tough guy to bet against. And you talked about the turnovers that are going to need to get created in the defensive play that's going to have to show up for Georgia State if they want to win this game. And just based off of their last performance, if you just close your eyes and picture Grayson McCall going against this defense. I could see a lot more of what happened last week versus them just stifling him, causing turnovers because he's just so efficient. And on the other side of the ball, 
Darren Granger obviously had a great game last week, but if you look historically and just across the board, he obviously played well against Coastal last year. Again, he's played his best ball last weekend against Coastal. But from what you've seen of him, from him as a career, I just kind of like this Coastal defense up against him with the corners playing tight coverage. You have our boy Stewart we were just talking about in the backfield a lot. So in this one, I'm definitely taking Coastal, and I'm taking them to cover that two and a half. I think that's a little bit too low. I think just based off of the performance that Georgia State had last week, they have to fix some of their own stuff as well as compete against this Coastal team and game plan for that. Coastal has a little bit more of their stuff figured out, and I think they have enough veterans on this team to come into this game and win it by more than two and a half. So I'm definitely taking the points on that one. I am going to take the under on the points, though. Sorry, I'm going to take the two and a half over, but I'm going to take the under on the points. I think both defenses overall show up a little bit more for this game. I just picture one of those fun belt games, low scoring on a Thursday night, Maybe not the most exciting matchup when you're watching it, but two good defensive performance. I just it's more of a it's more of a feeling in my gut. I think both of these defenses are going to show up knowing that it's conference time and it's an Eastern game. So I expect a little bit more of a low scoring affair as far as that goes. So I'm taking the under on the points and I'm taking Coastal to win and cover. Well, I think uh, when how many times you've been around the block in this league, I think that definitely means something. So I think to hear that you think this could uh, you know there could be the defenses that show up. It's going to be interesting. I know you and I are excited to making it down to this game. Um, but that's really all we've got for today's episode. So we want to say thanks for joining us for another episode of the Prairie and Smith podcast. We did want to say a special thank you to Coastal Carolina's Josiah Stewart for taking time to chat with us on today's episode. And always love to give some love to the sports information directors too, Kevin Davis, who went out of his way to help make that interview happen. So thank you to both of them. Uh, really enjoyed that conversation. Before you go, don't forget that we'll be back with another episode on Friday. We'll break down some of the big conference matchups on Saturday and make our pick in those games. And finally, if you're in Atlanta on Thursday night, we'd love to meet you and chat some Sunbelt football. So be looking out for Kate and I down at Center Park. As always, thanks for taking time to listen. If you like what you heard on today's episode of the Prairie and Smith podcast, make sure to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And if you'd be so kind, please take some time to rate the show or leave us a quick review. We always love hearing what you think. Well, that's goodbye for now. We'll talk to you again soon. Oh, 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 o